Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. So let's talk what's going on. Um, Officially out of phase one, I guess now into phase two of training camp. I can't believe we're talking about this. On the very night that the Philadelphia Eagles were supposed to be playing their first preseason game. If you need to know how far we are behind, preseason game number one was to happen tonight. That means the Hall of Fame game would have already happened. It's just boggling of the damn mind that that this is where we're at. But we're at where we're at. No complaining. Let's figure it out. Um, good news for the Eagles. All four people that were on the COVID-19 reserve list have returned to the team. So including head coach Doug Peterson, that is Lane Johnson, Nathan Gary, and Jordan Mailata. All back. Now, news this week. If you haven't seen, there were a couple big extensions in the NFL for tight ends. Uh, Kelsey got four years, $57.25 million added on his contract. And George Kittle got a five-year, $75 million extension. So what does that exactly mean? Zach Ertz is probably next. And this is the thing. Like, remember a couple years ago? Everybody was talking about Goff, Wentz, and Prescott. And the Eagles went first, and they felt they got the best deal because Goff ended uh, ended up getting more than Wentz. And look at Prescott. Now he's been franchised. Chances are he's going to end up getting more. Well, chances are he was going to end up getting more if there wasn't a pandemic. I don't know how that's going to affect his deal, if it does at all. But regardless, the Eagles looked very smart for going first. Well, here's the thing. Now they're third. And a lot of times with these things, it doesn't matter if you think Kittle and Kelsey are better than Ertz. Kittle and Kelsey probably are better than Ertz. But you think Zach Ertz isn't going to want something similar? That's the problem. Austin Hooper's deal was a big blow to Zach Ertz because no offense to Austin Hooper, he's not nearly as good as Zach Ertz. And now these two deals blow that one out of the uh, water, so... If you're just thinking common sense, at the very least, he's got to come in the middle, and that's going to be between 10 and what, $15 million? 10 and $14 million? Chances are more than 11, more than 12. That's why you keep hearing the Zach Ertz trade rumors. I, I Listen, the Eagles aren't going to trade Zach Ertz. He wants to be an Eagle forever. But the point is, the Eagles have absolutely zero money. That's why Another thing that's being discussed is if there isn't any college football, we've already seen two conferences bail, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, that the NFL could play on Saturdays. Playing on Saturdays is really good for the Philadelphia Eagles because if they play on Saturdays, that to me would assume that there's going to be more revenue brought to the NFL because my guess would be if you're going to do Saturday football, let's say NBC, let's say Fox, let's say ESPN, let's say... ABC, I don't know who, but these properties are going to probably want to get those NFL games on their station. I mean, I would. It's the highest, you know, you don't get any better viewership than NFL football. That's a stone cold fact. So if I'm those properties and I have college football supposed to be on those days and now I don't, uh, hell yeah, I'm going to want some NFL football. So if you're going to bid into rights for the year to get that those NFL football games, my guess is that money goes back into the revenue pot for the NFL, 
which in tow would help increase the salary cap or at the very least offset the fact that nobody's going to be in attendance unless you're a Cowboys fan because Jerry Jones has promised there will be fans in the stands for Dallas Cowboy games. Other news in the division was that the Washington football team has also said they won't have fans this year either. Not that that matters. Um, Because generally, that kind of is a bummer for the Eagles because really, like when we'd go to Washington, they would take over the stadium. So uh, yeah, that's not that ideal. But speaking of the football team, besides, you know, what's going to come now with Ertz's extension, which is something that they got to be talking about, and I'm sure his agents are already in communication with, Vinny Curry's back. And this is um, a very good move because, again, there was no offseason. You couldn't say, oh, well, Josh Sweat might take a step. You can't say Sharif Miller might be ready to play. You can't tell me Joe Osman's ready to play. You can't tell me Gennard Avery. I don't know what we got. They know what they got in Vinny Curry. At least he's reliable. And he's a safe option. He's a fallback. He had other options elsewhere. I guess he could have took a bigger contract elsewhere. But he's an Eagles fan, obviously. He he loves the Philadelphia Eagles, and he wanted to play with the Philadelphia Eagles. And thank God he did because we needed some depth behind those, um, but behind Barnett and Graham, especially Barnett, because he's injury-prone and he's unreliable. And I th- it, like I said, Curry led the team in sacks in December. He played really well, and he's got position versatility. He could also slide inside. Now, speaking of guys that won't have position versatility for the Eagles, Jatavis Brown, I know I think I called him Jatavis Bryant last week by accident or whatever. Jatavis Brown, the linebacker the Eagles had signed, he has retired. Pretty shocked, I guess. The coaches were really shocked from what I heard, but he doesn't want to play football. He did, I guess, and then thought about it more, and trust me, in the NFL, you can't be questioning it. If you have any doubts, uh, you're not going to succeed. So he's out. So the outside linebacker spot, because he was projected to be the starter, my guess is Duke Riley. They're very weak in linebacker. I mean, this is what happens. You know, it sucks for them that Nigel Bradham. Why do I keep saying Nigel? Nigel Bradham signed with the Saints because, you know, I'm assuming once this man retired, well, they put him on the reserve retirement list. And my guess would have been the Eagles would have called Bradham and just said, you know what? Because it wouldn't make perfect sense because why else do they call Curry? Why else do they call Peters? In an offseason where there is no offseason, usually having veteran leadership and guys you can trust works. Now, speaking of you know guys coming in, I I was listening and you know I'm listening to the, to the weights and all that stuff of people coming in because essentially all you did come in for phase one was weightlifting and you know conditioning and whatnot. And again... We hear this, and for instance, I'll use an example. I heard Sharif Miller came in a little heavy, right? Now, I don't know what was communicated to Sharif Miller. I don't know if they said, hey, Sharif, we want you to gain 20 pounds because we can get you in shape in a month. That very well could be the case. But again, when you hear that report, the first thought that comes into your head is, this guy wants to be a professional athlete, and he's coming into his job overweight? Here's the problem. These guys would be in April... May, like there's not training camp, but the OTAs take place. You are getting into football shape. You have the opportunity to go to the facility. You could be around the team. This was completely different. And I know it sounds crazy to people, but I remember when this whole, the pandemic started and the lockdowns happened and Fletcher Cox was on Zoom calls telling his line or, you know, defense alignment, you know, if you don't have the ability to go to a gym, at least take your car to a parking lot and push it while it's in neutral. Think about that. 
you may be fortunate to have a gym. Some people may, but I mean, that again, for, especially for rookies or younger players, I mean, not everybody has, you know, was able in their first contract to afford the ability to buy, you know, a $30,000 gym and install it in the basement of their home that they had just purchased. That's not how it works. I mean, geez, Avante Maddox and Dallas Goddard still live together in a house right now. Like, because they're both rookies. They're conserving money. So the, the whole Sharif came in and it came off like, oh, maybe he wasn't putting in work. Again, you don't know if he was putting in work. Maybe he was. Maybe the coaches asked him, come in or a little overweight or come in heavier and we can run that weight off. We want you to be stronger. It just is tough because they're asking you to do this now in August. And usually this would be a request where they said, hey, you know what, Sharif, we want you to come in 10 pounds heavier for, if you can, come in 10 pounds heavier for May. And we're going to get you in football shape. Well, now it's a little different. Now... What I really wanted to talk about on this episode, though, is this is something I heard, and I literally cannot fathom that we're going to have this discussion, but we will. So I heard, you know, with the wide receivers, you know, you heard Deshaun's going to be outside, you heard Jalen Rager's going to be on the other side, and that's all safely assuming that Alshon Jeffrey does not play for the first couple weeks, and, you know, Rager's primary backup's going to be Ortega Whiteside. Deshaun's primary backup is going to be Quez Watkins, and maybe John Hightower is going to float. He could be, um, you know, somebody who fills for Jalen Rager. He fills for Deshaun, and he fills for the slot, which I believe was going to be Greg Ward. And from what Doug Peterson said, it is going to be Greg Ward. But how about this? This is a name I heard today was taking reps as slot receiver, and it blows my mind, and it's J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Here's my thing with that. It's like I get it that they had success with Jordan Matthews running that position um, during Chip Kelly's years and even Doug's first year. But what in the freaking heck are we doing here? I'm sorry. Like, I get it the idea of having uh, a guy who's, you know, maybe bigger than all the corners he's going to face in that position is great. But usually the best offenses have their slot receiver where it's a quick, shifty athlete. Who can make cuts in the open field? Because the whole point is you're going to... Gen- now, again, like I said, you're going to be facing a corner who's generally smaller. So I get the idea that if you could have a taller person play the slot and, you know, again, you're more over the middle of the field, you know, there are advantages to it. But the Eagles already have that advantage in the fact that they have two tight ends that are doing just that. And you'll say, well, wait, 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 those linebackers or those um, tight ends are being covered by safeties and linebackers who are generally bigger than those slot corners. Okay. But again, the whole point is you do want some speed there in that position. And that is one thing J.J. Ortega Whiteside does not provide. The one thing is if you're on the sideline, for instance, and he's running as, let's say, you know, the wires you receiver or whatever, he's outside. That's fine. He's only got his part of the field then that he's working with. Like when you're in the middle, you have the tight ends. You know what I mean? You have the running back. You have a lot of different things. You have those other receivers if they're running crossing routes. It's just there's a lot of traffic there. So generally you want quick twitch guys, you know, a la guys like a Wes Welker. He was very quick twitch. That's what Greg Ward is. He's quick twitch. I mean, really, he can make jump cuts. Very. He was the best receiver the Eagles had in the last month of the season. He was the one guy Carson Wentz had the most, you know, uh, it seemed the most chemistry with. My guess would be that this is an experiment. And here's the thing. Remember, Marquise Goodwin is not playing. 
They did not envision Marquise Goodwin wasn't going to be playing. Now, you know, he's opted out. So, and, and like I said, with Jeffrey not being able to go because, like, here's one thing. Like the Falcons, for instance, they use Julio Jones often in the slot. You don't know that, but they do. They use him a lot in the slot because it's a mismatch. When he's in the, he's a mismatch for anybody in the NFL, but especially in, in slot uh, when he's running against slot corners. But Julio Jones is an unbelievable athlete. Yes, he's got great size, but he's also got great speed. And no offense to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, he's got size, but he doesn't have great speed. And I know that he was working at this position last season as well. And, and again, don't get me wrong, he has made some of his, like, of the 10 catches he had last year, a couple of them were over the middle of the field, and they were nice catches. But he also had a great drop over the middle of the field against Detroit. But I, I just don't think that him playing in the middle of the field works best to him. I mean, yeah, he could body, I guess, the, the slot corner, but he should be bodying the outside corners because, yes, yeah, slot corners are small, but you don't have any six foot three outside corners that he, like, and again, there are some in the NFL, but very rarely do you have to deal with them. Like, for the most part, corners are going to be smaller than J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to begin with. So what's it matter if it's an inch or two smaller? If he can't win on the outside, that's that to me, I, I don't like this. I just think this is... This is adding to a problem that you don't have. You don't need to slow it down in the middle of the field. You want to speed it up in the middle of the field, especially when you have a guy like Greg Ward. You have options, too. You have a John Hightower. You have a Quez Watkins. And I get it. Maybe their thought is, well, J.J. worked there a little bit last um, last season. You know, we haven't had anybody in the building. We have Jalen Rager as a rookie. Watkins and Hightower are both rookies. You know, cross-training is going to be a little bit more difficult. And, you know, J.J.'s not really starting on the outside. That's going to be Jalen. And just and, and again, you know what also is nuts with this thing? When, he, when you say that, it's like, well, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside had a, had a problem with the playbook last year. That was his biggest thing. He was confused with the playbook. So we're going to ask him to learn another position as well? I, I don't know. I am not a fan of that move. When I heard that today, that was absolutely insanely perplexing to me. I one. 0.5 billion percent don't agree with it. And again, I say this and he'll come and be the best slot receiver of all time. I just think back to 2017, Aguilar succeeded at a very high level. He had his best year as, uh, of his NFL career as our strict slot receiver during the 2017 season. And then he was going to play that role in the 2018 season. Jeffrey was hurt, and then the next game, Mike Wallace got hurt, and Aguilar had to move outside. And then last year, you know, okay, ideally he's going to play it again. Deshaun gets hurt. You know what I mean? Like, and then Jeffrey was out. It's like Aguilar never had that opportunity that he was going to be that slot receiver. And again, he failed when he had to go outside because it's just a position for some reason he struggles with. I just don't like the idea of Ortega Whiteside being moved. I would have him learning that X. You drafted. They didn't waste a second round pick on him to to be, you know, an oversized slot receiver. They drafted him in the second round because, and I quote, they thought he was going to replace Alshon Jeffrey, and you know that didn't go to fruition. And again, remember, this is only week, what phase two. Now, what is coming? Thankfully, are padded practices, and the Eagles are going to have padded practices. There's no updates on, you know, how we're going to be able to keep the players safe. But in terms of, and again, like, 
I don't know what the protocols are going to be. I Like you see in baseball, you know, somebody on a baseball team tests positive, they're done for two weeks playing games. And again, it's because generally it, it goes throughout the locker room. But right now, fingers crossed, everything's good. How about that story, speaking of, which with the protocols, the story in Seattle, I guess they're doing this hotel thing too. And um, one of the players tried to sneak a girl into the hotel and he had her dressed in Seahawks gear and they cut the player. That's what I'm saying here. Like when, when we talk about things like this, remember you're doing it to the lowest common denominator. If one person wants to be a complete and utter idiot, that person could have a negative effect on the guys that are, you know, taking this as serious as serious can be. That's why when you say lowest common denominator with this thing, it means if you have one person on that team who just says, F this, I don't care, I'm gonna do what I want, and I don't care what anybody says, well, yeah, it it would be one thing if it was just that person. If it if it only affected that person, then so be it. Have fun. You want to be an idiot, be an idiot. But the thing is, with this, it's just that one person's an idiot. He can go to the person who's being, you know, the most strict and diligent with this thing, and, you know, boom, we have a problem. But again, I'm just so bummed out thinking about how this was supposed to be game one. We were supposed to be talking about game one of the preseason. This was... This was something I was looking so forward to. Going over guys that were going to be surprises. And, and, and again, here's the truth. In this game, tonight, what will we have really seen? I mean, you, you weren't. here's a spoiler. You weren't going to see Carson Wentz. You weren't going to see Miles Sanders. You weren't going to see um, Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, probably not. Especially after last year when he played in game one and he got hurt. Um, the offensive line, probably not. Defensive line, probably not. But here's the guys you would have seen. Or the secondary, probably not. You know what I mean? But we would have saw Jalen Hurts tonight. You would have saw Nate Sutfeld. You would have saw, I don't know how much of Boston Scott, maybe none. But you would have saw Warren and Killens and Holyfield. You would have saw John Hightower, Quez Watkins. You know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Maybe Greg Ward. I don't think so, though. You definitely would have saw, you know, Jordan Mailata, Jack Driscoll, Nate Herbig, you know, Matt Pryor. I, maybe even Andre Dillard. You absolutely, on the defense, would have saw Joe Osman, Jannard Avery, you know, Sharif Miller, uh, Anthony Rush. You would have saw a linebacker. Again, you might have saw the, the, the whole linebacker staff play because you, nobody knows what you got there. So chances are you probably would have saw maybe some Nate Gary. I don't think so. But you definitely would have saw Duke Riley. You know? Sean Bradley. Davion Taylor. Or Dave... Yeah. Yeah, Davion Taylor. Jesus, my gosh. You would have saw it in the secondary. I don't know if you would have saw Maddox. I don't think you would have. I, I, but Douglas and Jones. Craven LeBlanc. Right? I mean, safety. Maybe you would have saw Jalen Mills playing some safety. This sucks. Just talking that out, the excitement of watching Jalen Hurts play tonight would have been awesome. It would have been like, holy God, we have a, like, this is cool to think about. Like, Jalen Hurts is playing in his first game. I do not agree with the idea of no preseason. I just, I get why they didn't do it. Because it's like, why even take the chance of risk here and all? 
But again, you're taking the chance. It's not like, oh, you know what, guys, this was going to work if we did 16 regular season games and only had the four weeks in the playoffs. Any extra, it would have blew up in our face. If that was the case, if we knew that scientifically, then hell yeah, cancel the preseason because it's clearly the least important of the three. But you don't. And by doing this, we get no development on any players, nothing to see. The coaches are literally hamstrung, hence why the Eagles are bringing back veterans that they can at least trust. Just a bummer. Just such a bummer, man. Like, think about how cool it would have been watching Jalen Hurts play football tonight. He's an important part here. I mean, really, I want to see if his development. I mean, I know he's been throwing all offseason. He's been working hard to get better. You know, here's the thing, too, and I hate this, how I hear, well, Jalen Hurts was never going to be the backup this year. Why? Why can't Jalen Hurts be better than Nate Sudfeld? Now, is it going to be, like, as easy? Of course not. There's no offseason. So chances are the Eagles are in a very good spot for having Nate Sudfeld because, remember, he wants to go somewhere and start next season. But it's better that they keep Nate Sudfeld because he at least has had four years' experience doing this, three of which with the Eagles. But Jalen Hurts, you know what I mean? Like, they go, oh, yeah, when I remember when he was picked, they go, well, he's going to be the backup. This is long before people knew if we were going to have any OTAs, any training camp, whatever. But I'm thinking in my head, like, dude, Dak Prescott, literally was a fourth-round pick, and he was the primary backup for Tony Romo, and that's long before they knew Dak Prescott was going to be anything worth the crap. And if you tell me the Cowboys were sure on Dak Prescott, I'd say, well, Connor Cook was somebody they wanted before him. He's not even in the NFL anymore. I don't even think he was on the XFL. I know he tried. I don't even know if he was able to play there. So don't tell me that. I mean, like, if he was good enough, they would have knew quick, and they would have said, all right, we're cool with uh, Jalen Hurts being the backup, which, spoiler, he's going to be next season. It's this is such a bummer. Just I, I just think the preseason, I know it's not important in terms of you know what you see on the field because the product is weak and it's criminal that the NFL has always charged full season prices for preseason games. That's a joke. But these guys like the Hertzes, the rookies, you know what I mean? The development that you would get from playing actual football, it just helps. And it sucks we can't see it, and it sucks we can't break it down, and I hate this more than anything ever. I absolutely hate it. But I just want football, and I feel so much better about football now. I I can't believe what the college ranks are doing. I feel so absolutely horrible for all those kids. I'm thinking, like, you know what I mean? You had four months to do this, to figure out a plan, and they came up with nothing. I think the conferences could have bubbled off. I mean, it's only... You know, 16 teams in a conference. I, th- again, they could have did the bubble situation where you're a bubble in your own team. You travel to the site and you leave that night. You know what I mean? Like, especially in conference play, you're not traveling that far. These are short plane rides. I, again, and, and they could say, oh, well, it's a money thing, please. Don't tell me colleges don't have money. Don't tell me the NCAA don't got no money. Their TV deals are out the ass themselves. And especially those colleges definitely have the money. I mean, they take 50 grand from every kid who comes in, please. Next week, though, we'll probably have a little bit more news. I mean, like I said, this was there was news this week. Like I said, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is a slot receiver. Vinny Curry. Now the Zach Ertz dilemma. You know what I mean? Like, But we'll, we'll start getting a little bit more. And, and the good thing is the Eagles have everybody back from that list. Doug Peterson's back in the building. The head coach is back. And we are officially four weeks out tonight from the first game of the season. For opening night Thursday. What is it, Texans-Chiefs? That's four months, or four, four months, feels like four months. It's four weeks away. So we are 
essentially 30 days. Yeah, literally 30 days. Eagles Redskins. Let's gear up. Let's go. I want to thank everybody for listening to new to the new norm. Wow, I can't even speak again. I want to thank everybody listening for Wow. See what happens. I don't get the preseason game one and now I can't speak. I want to thank everybody for listening to the new norm. As always, stay safe. Stay educated. Stay healthy. And I think I did that in reverse order. My gosh, yeah. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. And as always, finally, go birds.